0: I I know there's a lot of people listening to this that um, they might be, you know, like you were at a time, a club member that love to ride in the boat and help out or and or there might be some coaches listening to this. uh, who are just starting, you know, they open their own ski school that they're trying to get, um, you know, athletes to buy in and to help them improve. What are some of the let's go with three. Let's give them three recommendations on how to become better coaches.
1: You know, that's a great question. Because I see a lot of times people out there coaching someone and they're not necessarily telling them something wrong. It's just not in the right order. Uh-huh. So you need to get the training, you need to get a clear understanding, you need to go to coaches symposiums, you need to read every article that you can read or pick up from a pro skier. And then you just put this together to the best of your ability. I think coaching, to an extent, is the knack of being able to put the moving parts together. Mm -hmm. So another way to explain it, on a scale of 1 to 10, if if I said, okay, Mateo, write down 10 coaching tips for this slalom skier that's getting ready to go out there on the water.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I've got Mateo's 10 coaching skips. Uh, tips. And so I go out there and I start at number eight instead of at number one. It doesn't mean I'm not telling them something's going to help them, but is that really the area where you need to be working first? No. The other thing is breaking it down, breaking everything down. I'm really, as I said earlier, really, really big on keeping it as simple as possible, but lots of repetition Mm -hmm. over and over and over. So any person that wants to be a good coach, first and foremost, has to be a student of the sport.
0: Yeah, big time.
1: Always be learning. But you've got to get your knowledge level to a point to where you know what you feel is right or wrong, and is it the right time or is it the wrong time? And as we explained earlier, I do some things that, I believe, is the safest and the best way to jump far. There's other jumpers that jump a different style than what I teach that are successful. Doesn't mean they won't be, but you've got to have a clear picture of what you want to do with that athlete and not veer off the course.
0: Yeah, so let me see if I understand this correctly. Like, you, you obviously have to be a student of the sport and you have to come up with a theory of how you believe a skier should grow up. Absolutely. Knowing that... You know, you have different bodies in front of you, you have different minds in yeah. front of you, and eventually you have to adapt that theory to who you have in front of you. Yeah. But you have to have that theory, knowing that a theory changes. Like, that's how it works in science too, right? Like, yeah. you discover something new, equipment changes, and you have to adjust your theory, but you really have to be more than just someone that looks and gives tips, right? It's You have to have a theory of why you believe a jumper should grow or a slalomer or a tricker,
1: you know, and, and, and that brings up another really good point. You have an intermediate level skier or you have an older skier, sometimes the coach has to realize you've got to work around their flaw. Mm-hmm. Meaning a lot of coaches get online and we're going to change this, we're going to change that. you got to do it this way, hardcore, down the line, this is the way it's going to be. Right. With a pro athlete, that has the learning styles that we all know They have great kinetics where they have a good feel of what's going on in the water, they have a great ability to have mental imagery. It's easier for me to add a technique to one of those high-end people. On an intermediate level, you're not going to change some things that they've been doing the wrong way for 20 years. Right. So find another way to help them. Right. But don't sit there and just hammer them on something you're never going to change. Work around that flaw, and you'll still have some success.
0: And I think in order to be able to do that, as you said, you have to have your own understanding, well-educated, well-thought-of understanding of how someone should slalom or jump. Because then if you have that guiding theory, then you can sort of say, okay, the way in which I can achieve this fundamentals with this athlete who has this flaw is possibly x way or y way or z way and you really adapt to the flaw but if you're just big about three or four key concepts and that athlete don't have two of them well then you're lost yeah correctly yeah okay so a guiding theory and obviously wanting to learn about the sport what else
1: making sure you understand have a clear picture of what your steps are going to be with any skier yeah. and then learning that person, you know, being able to understand what all variables you're dealing with, with that particular
0: skier. Yeah. No, great. And one of the ones that I, I'm going to throw in a fourth one, just because I know you well and I know you're big on this, uh, and I don't think a lot of coaches in water skiing are focusing enough on this, is periodization. So the importance of rest, the importance of like understanding your body and how much you should ski and how much you shouldn't ski. So can you talk about that a little bit?
1: You know, that's another one of those off the water points that you've got to learn. You've got to read. You've got to study. You've got to work with people like yourself to understand what to do. And that's a perfect example. Let's say when I did have four or five live-ins, there were juniors. I'm charting their stuff every day. I'm charting the psychological stuff, good or bad, having them write it down on paper. I'm charting resting heart rates, which for me was a big tool for being able to create the training schedule. So basically what works for you in your training schedule, being a slalom skier with a work schedule of how many times a day are you going to take a slalom ride and how many days are you going to take off into your rest? cycle is going to change versus a female that's doing slalom trick and jump right. okay so all of those pieces going together it gets very complicated in the fact that you got to have a way to monitor it we're also wanting to make sure we don't get completely away from the gym work but in the off season our gym work becomes very very top of the list and then once we get into the season some people can keep A nice little gym workout, bringing it down 50, 60, 70% of what they would do uh, in the off season. And then some people, it just doesn't work. They just can't manage the gym and get the ski rides in and get through the rest cycle. So, yeah, you know, that's a really big deal of understanding. And the problem we run into with any athlete to get them to believe in this schedule that we want them to ski is getting them to listen to their body. Mm -hmm. They're mentally revved all the time. They take a situation where they think four times on the water is good and eight times is that much better. Right, right. And I had a long relationship coaching, and she had many coaches, but I had a long relationship in trying to help her with her training program toward the end of her career, and it was Ronnie Barton. And Ronnie is one of those overachievers, works 10 times harder than the other person. Yeah. And that mentality was really hurting her going into a world championships and stuff. She was overdoing everything. Yeah. And once, you know, we talk about nervous energy. I said, Ronnie, you stick to this schedule. We're cutting it 50% and going into the world championships. If you got nervous energy, then go to the gym and get some of that energy – out that way. I dealt with that way, but I don't want you on the water any more than what the schedule says. In her last world championship, she ended up having the best worlds. That's cool. So those are points that prove to you it does work.
0: Yeah, proper periodization is crucial. Absolutely. Particularly in a sport like this where when I talk about my like with colleagues or friends that are not in the water skiing and they ask me how long do you train? How long are your training sessions? and you give them the number of, of minutes, they laugh. But they don't understand that it's so intense on the body, and especially it can be intense on the mind. Yeah. Like um, one of my friends, Carlo Allais, he always told me running 39 is hard on the body, but it's even harder on the mind, right? So I would you agree ha- with that, yes. <laughs> you know, so you have to find a way to periodize that. Like you can't overdo it, even if your body tells you that you can. So I think that balance and, and teaching athletes about that balance is, is crucial crucial tip for. All those coaches out there that are starting, or that they want to improve their coaching. Yeah. Well, if,
1: if they have the passion, they'll find a way to get the education. Yeah. And there's no substitution for experience, uh, and you never quit learning. Yeah. You know, if you if you're in a situation where you feel like you've got it all, and there's nothing else to learn from anybody, then you're going the going the wrong way.
0: Yeah, of course, and I think like education. Formal and informal, right? So courses, then I know you've done a ton of those, uh, or just learning from other coaches uh, and learning experiences, yes, from other coaches, but especially, and I think you would agree this, from your athletes. Like a lot of great deal as a coach, you do learn from mistakes and successes that you have with your athletes and from what your athletes tell you.
1: Yeah, the mistakes is something you don't want to have happen, but you learn the most from the mistakes. And as the years went on, Evolving, I hope I make less mistakes with my athletes, but some things that I did and had success with those people back then, I learned from those mistakes. Yeah. And uh, a lot of it's the, the way you handle the person off the water. The other thing is for any coach or anybody that's wanting to become a coach or have more knowledge, just get, get out there. Yeah. Listen. Get in people's hip pocket and hear and listen what they have to say. You, some invaluable little tips that you'll pick up along the way that you put together into this big puzzle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so really have that guiding theory, but you have to listen to others as well. And then you adjust it if you need it. It needs to be adjusted, but if not, Absolutely. you, know, you st- it's still an opportunity to You'll to get learn. to a
1: level that you have your own theories and you know that that tip you heard will work within your theories or it's not something that works within your world. Yeah. You know, so everything you hear out there is not necessarily right. But you've got to take all that information in, and then you've got to have the ability to siphon through it yourself and put it together for your plan. <laughs>